the draft is approaching. Are the Kings going to do more? Should they do more? Or are we just going to see them stand pat? Also, we've got some thoughts and reflections from Rob Blake on the acquisition of Kevin Fiala. We're going to talk about all of that today on Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, this is Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Sarah, joined by Eddie as we uh, talk about the Kings today uh, and look forward to what their next moves are going to be and look at the Kevin Fiala trade in in light of what uh, another team just did to acquire a young, high-scoring winger with lots of potential. Uh, But first, I wanted to take a look at uh, just some of the comments that Rob Blake made after they uh, sort of did their formal announcement of Kevin Fiala and did their uh, media opportunity with him and everything. And I think really the the place I want to start is not actually with Kevin Fiala, but it's with the comments that Blake made about the blue line, because of course people asked him about, you know, what's the plan since we all know that the Kings have some work to do there. Uh, And his basic message is, that the team is interested, discussing, open to the option of bringing back one of Alex Edler or Ole Mata to fill that kind of depth role. Uh, and knowing that the, the Kings are a little bit light on the left side of defense, uh, there was some talk about moving Sean Walker, uh, most likely him, over to the left side, which would help clear up that log jam we have on the right uh, and would, you know, give Sean Walker a spot because he obviously missed nearly all of last season because of that knee injury. He is supposed to be, he is supposed to be ready to go uh, from for training camp. He's cleared to return, cleared to play again uh, after dealing with that like ACL slash MCL terrible injury. Uh, And it seems like they're, they're thinking about shuffling him over to the left side. So, you know, of course Rob Blake isn't going to, you know, put all those cards on the table. If he feels like he's going to do something big, we're, we're not going to know about it until it happens. But the idea that they're kind of standing pat uh, and maybe making just some minor tweaks, uh, you know, what, where, where does that kind of sit with you? How, how do you feel about knowing that maybe the defense is going to look basically like what it did this year? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I thought that maybe they would like to bring back one of the veteran guys on a cheap deal to have some veteran depth uh, to mix in with the younger players. Um, Sean Walker has played on the left side before, so I understand that. I think that that Rob Blake also commented that Sean Dursey could also possibly move over to the left side as well. Um, Certainly in a perfect world, you would like to have uh, the left shot on the left side, but you know, it's not that it's, it's not unheard of that, right. That right-handed shot guys play on the left side. And if you have a glutton of, of right-handed defensemen, then yeah, you have to make do with what you have. So um, not surprised. I think, you know, you, you mentioned kind of going, returning to what we had a year ago, but I don't know that that's really true because uh, because of the injuries that we had, right. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a full season of Mm -hmm. of Drew Doughty. We didn't have a full season of of Matt Roy, we didn't have a full season of Sean Walker. So you're you really, we haven't seen that mm-hmm. whole group together mixed in with maybe an Ole Mata or an Alex Edler and a Sean Dursey. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised 
that they're kind of standing pat. I think they want to see what they have when fully healthy. Fingers crossed, hopefully, okay. that everyone is fully healthy and go from there. Like I said, like I said, uh, my, my dog also agrees uh, that, you know, I, I thought the, the number one need was addressing the left wing uh, situation up front. They did that with Kevin Fiala. And, and now I think they're they're willing to stand pat with what they have and now work on resigning the restricted free agents. Yeah, I think that that is, you know, like, like you said, there's a really good point about the fact that we never really saw them um, with the full complement of, of defensemen. There were very few games probably where you look at it and you see all six guys who are supposed to be there, you know, all in the lineup. Uh, and so, yeah, also when you add in Sean Darcy to that mix of, you know, he very quickly came in, established himself. No one really thought that he would be in the NHL for a large majority of the season. Uh, and there he was, and he looked fine and uh, is obviously going to have that spot again next season. So it, it makes sense to me that, you know, if they don't do anything, I'm not going to be like, well, this is the end of the world. You know, this is the worst thing. You know, how dare they you know, not address this big problem? That uh, it, it, it's it, it's a work in progress, and I think he'll know very quickly as well. Like, you know, is it working? Do they need to do more? You know, do they need to go out and look to make like a midseason trade or something? Uh, th they'll know pretty quick if the defense isn't working. But you know, seeing some of the outrageous you know trade proposals and trade deals that are happening, like I don't want him to go out and you know blow the bank on someone that you know. You know, you may, maybe you don't need them. Maybe you're going to be fine the way the things are. Uh, and, you know, I think the idea of moving Sean Walker over, like you said, he has played there before. It's, it hasn't been a problem. He has filled in on that left side and looked fine. Um, and if that's going to be their solution, rather than going out and trading a whole bunch of futures for, you know, an established left, left, left side defenseman, that's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain too much. Um, I think we know that this team isn't just, you know, one guy away from, from winning the Stanley cup. So I can't really get too bent out of shape about like, Oh, how dare you not go out and acquire whoever the hot flavor defenseman is right now. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, I look at a guy like Sean Dersey and I know that there is also, you know, comments from a lot of Kings fans about, Hey, this guy, uh, has shown value. He may never show this kind of value again, uh, being thrust into the situation he was thrust into, and now is a good time to move him. Um, but I'm, I, I look, I, I, I don't want to say I fell in love with him, but I really enjoyed watching Sean Dersey, uh, you know, step into a role, and he didn't show a lot of fear. Now that can sometimes not be a good thing for a defenseman because you really have to figure out when can I jump up into the play when can I you know try and hold the puck in or when do I live to fight another day mm -hmm. and those those are only things that you learn especially at this kind of speed with experience and but I did really like the fact that to me he didn't show a lot of fear uh he was aggressive he wasn't afraid to make a mistake um and then you learn from that right with the experience but he wasn't timid and I mm -hmm. really liked that about his game and and look let on our blue line, we don't have a lot of offensive output. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, one of the worst teams in the NHL as far as production yeah. offensively from the blue line. So we need a few guys like that that are willing to uh, inject themselves into the offense, willing to be more aggressive at times, and then learn from you know when the right opportunities are and when they're not. And I thought that him 
getting those minutes really accelerated his development. I think he is absolutely an NHL level defenseman where he fits at this point, you know, in the pairings is to be determined, but I don't think he's, he's a guy that I'm more encouraged about rather than looking at an opportunity to move him somewhere else to get something else. So um, like I said, I, I, I'm content with the group of defense we have now and with the plan that it appears that Rob Blake has in place for next season. Um, and, and as I said, in a previous episode, when it comes to uh, evaluating what we have on the blue line, I'm going to defer to the Hall of Fame defenseman to 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 know that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, I think that 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 is kind of the like the thing that I feel like should underscore any conversation about what the Kings are or aren't doing on the blue line is that you you have a guy there who did that for many 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 games. Like he he knows, uh, and, and I think is you know there's always kind of the discussion of like oh you know did people who played the game a while ago, like, can they catch up and like, you know, look, evaluate the game from a modern lens. And I think that Rob Blake is very good at, you know, looking at the the state of hockey in the year 2022 and not kind of falling back on the, Oh, we need, you know, this type of player who was necessary, you know, this isn't the eighties, you know, this isn't, you know, the nineties, like this is a different style, a different kind of world of hockey. And, and Blake hasn't really given me any indication that he doesn't get that. You know, I, and I think that he's building a team that is fit to compete today, uh, which is, you know, more more than I think some other teams GMs uh, are doing for them. Um, we're going to keep talking about uh, Rob Blake's kind of comments after his his latest media availability with uh, some information on Kevin Fiala and where he's going to fit in to the team next season. But before we do that, let's talk about Built Bars because the people behind Built Bars are all about things that are both healthy and tasty and their latest gift to your taste buds is now the coconut brownie chunk puff which combines the uh not award-winning it didn't win an award but it did win the built bar uh march madness bracketology excitement from uh, the other year uh, the coconut brownie chunk built bar was like deemed the most popular built bar uh, they've now combined that good deliciousness with the new puff which is the marshmallowy protein infused delight uh, and so now you have the best of both worlds. It is your favorite flavor in a deliciously chewy, delicious, deliciously chewy marshmallow form. It's almost like you're eating the marshmallow when you try to say those words. Uh, it is a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. And the greatest thing is that they're also good for you. They're low in calories, low in sugar, high protein, and all delicious. They're only here for a limited amount of time. So make sure you go to built.com and don't miss out. Built Bars are all just basically healthy and they're good for you and they're very convenient. You can stick them in your bag, not when it's too hot out though, because then they might start to melt, but you can uh, just chow down on one whenever you need that burst of tasty energy to get through the day. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 on built.com. So of course the Kings are not, you know, putting any chickens before they hatch or whatever and revealing what their lines and their combinations are going to be. But of course, everyone asked Kevin Fiala about Adrian Kempe and about Andre Kopitar, given that the expectation is that they're going to be playing together uh, in this upcoming season. And of course he is, you know, very excited about uh, playing with some of those guys, uh, very excited about getting to play with two uh, world-class players. Uh, he did point out like he was never, really used as a first-line player in Minnesota. 
and so this is already kind of a big jump for him uh, in terms of responsibility. But, uh, you know, of course, very complimentary of his new teammates, uh, you know, and, and knows that these are two players who would be very great to play with. And he's excited to get get a chance to play with them. Uh, of course, Fiala already making friends with his teammates and uh, getting a, a warm welcome. Uh, one thing that I think he did kind of talk about that uh, I know a lot of Kings fans always ask about or, or, or think about whenever you acquire a new player uh, is what is he going to look like defensively? And I feel like that's always kind of the concern with uh, high offense players like him. And he, you know, he noted that he is definitely thought of or, or thinks of himself as more of an offensive player, but he said that he is working constantly at becoming a better all around player and working to, you know, improve his 200 foot game, working to round out his defensive play, uh, you know, not shying away to be physical in the corners or anything like that. Uh, and so it, it's, it's a player that, you know, I feel like it's sort of the same things that you heard about Adrian Kempe in some ways of, oh, this guy is all offense. Like, what is he, what's he going to do even? And then, you know, here we are, Adrian Kempe kills penalties. Adrian Kempe is, you know, not, you know, he has evolved very much from what we first saw from him uh, in the league. And it, it seems like Fiala is sort of cast in that same mold of, you know, yes, I know this is the thing that I'm good at. I know this is the thing that you got me for, but there's all these, other, all, these, all these other things that I can do or I'm like actively working on improving so I can contribute too. Yeah, I, I think his comments were encouraging. Um, but of course, you know, the, the proof is in the work. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, he seems to be more than willing to, uh, you know, work on his defensive side. But as you said, he was brought in for a reason and that reason was offense. And he knows it. Um, and, and the Kings know it as well, but yeah, he wants to be a more rounded player. I'm sure the Kings want that as well. Um, but the reason he's getting paid, the reason he got his contract is because of his offensive production. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm encouraged by the comments. I like to hear a player say he wants to be a well-rounded player. I like to see him say he's not uh, going to shy away from being a physical player from, I mean, look, the Kings are a lot of their, um, you know, their team structure is based on forecheck. And he is a guy that says he enjoys that aspect of the game. He wants to use his speed to create pressure on defensemen going back for the puck so that he can create turnovers and that can lead to offense. And he, he said also he wants to go to the net. He likes being around the net. He's not just a sniper who floats around the perimeter. So um, a lot of encouraging comments, I think, from Kevin Fiala. I think his, his attitude seems to be uh, checking a lot of boxes. Um, we know that Todd McClellan is obviously going to be a coach that does demand that you play uh, certain aspects of a defensive style. But I think that he has some tools in his toolbox, Kevin Fiala, that that lends itself to that. Like I said, he's got good speed. He seems to have pretty good hockey sense. Um, get him in on the forecheck, creating turnovers and setting his teammates up and himself up as well. Um, all seem to be things that I think he can do well at. And, and you mentioned Adrian Kempe. He's He's done well uh, at that aspect of his game and gotten better at it as it's gone along. So I like the comments from Kevin Fiala. Um, I think he is, I mean, we're all excited about this edition. Uh, he seems excited about it as well. Um, you know, excited to play with Andre Kopitar and, and, uh, and Adrian Kempe. And as you said, he didn't play on the top line in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. So um, with that uh, contract uh, comes mm -hmm. expectations, but also opportunities. So he's going to get, we, we think he's going to get top line minutes. 
Um, we'll see where he fits in on the power play as well, I would assume. Um, but either way, um, you know, I like the comments that he made. I, I think his head seems to be in the right place. He's excited. He's ready to work and he's ready to show that he is deserving of the faith that the Kings are putting in him and the contract that they have awarded him. Yeah. And he did, you know, he, over the course of his career, uh, particularly with the wild, you know, every year he got a little bit more, a little bit more time on ice in terms of even penalty killing, uh, not a whole ton, but the fact that they put him out there at all, uh, you know, shows that at least that there, there is some recognition of this is something that we're trying with him. This is something that, you know, we're going to, you know, it's not like he got like one minute, got scored on, and then never touched the ice again, uh, you know, on a penalty kill. So it's not, I don't expect all of my, you know, scoring wingers to also take on that role. But the fact that, you know, he has some versatility there and enough awareness to be able to jump into that kind of role, I think it is a good sign too. Um, and, you know, I know that, I think we've talked about it a little bit before, but I know one of the things that Wild fans kind of complained about him just aside from being, you know, streaky in general is, yeah, sometimes he makes turnovers. Sometimes he, you know, is not always as responsible with the puck as he needs to be. But, you know, if he's going to score me 30 goals, I don't know how much I care, uh, especially if, you know, you make the mistake and how do you react to it? How do you play on your next shift? Do you try to make up for the fact that you just turned over the puck on your previous shift? And, and I think that's what Todd, that's going to go a long way with Todd McClellan is, you know, okay, you made a mistake. How do you bounce back from it? You know, are you showing that you want to learn from it, get better, make up for it on your next shift? Or are you just going to be kind of like, well, I did it. You know, that, that'll tell us a lot real quick. Yeah. And also learning, learning from your mistakes. Don't make you, don't make the same mistake twice. Right. Do you recognize that? Okay. That was mm -hmm. a bad decision or that was a bad play. I'm not going to do it, you know, two shifts later. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, um, you know, and he's, he's still a younger player. He's still learning. He's, he's kind of a young veteran, I guess you could call him. He certainly has played uh, a lot of games and a lot of minutes, but it's not as if I think his, he's a completely polished player as far as where he is in his career. I think there's definitely still room for improvement. I think he recognizes that as well. And, uh, and so that's where we are with it. Yeah. I always, my, my, my take, whenever people ask, like, what do you think, you know, how, how do you measure a team's you know improvement or what do you want to see out of the team in a year? And for the past couple of years of the team rebuilding, my take has always been, I want them to not make the same mistakes in game 82 that they made in game one. And, you know, I think you can say that about individual players too of, okay, maybe we're going to be asking Kevin Fiala to be in a more, you know, a tougher role than he has been throughout his career with Minnesota and with Nashville before that. And so there might be some learning, you know, learning curve. There might be some mistakes, but at the end of the season, is he not doing the same things that caused him to make issue to have issues in game one? If, if yes, then great. You, you have progressed. You have learned great job. Right. And there's going to be, look early on. I mean, I know he had said in some of his comments that he had gotten off to a good start and that had helped him to a career season. Um, so hopefully the same thing can happen, but I also think there has to be um, a, a realistic expectation of how he is going to develop chemistry with his new teammates. It doesn't just happen immediately or rarely happens immediately. So training camp is going to be very important for him in that regard. Um, and obviously practices and preseason games, we'll see how much, uh, you know, he, he's together with, with Kopitar and with Kempe, if that's what the Kings decide to do. Uh, but there, I think there does have to be a little bit of reasonable expectations as far as that goes early in the season. Hopefully he does get off to a good start, but there's, there's going to be 
there has to be some time for these guys to develop. And as you talk about growing through the season, I think, you know, that is going to be just a natural kind of progression of him being incorporated into the Kings, learning their system, learning his new teammates. I think hopefully that happens sooner rather than later, but um, there is, we do have to, I think, keep that in mind that he's joining a new team with a new system with new teammates. So uh, hopefully that transition will be quick and he can get off to a good start and have another season like he had this past year. Yeah, we are hoping for all the best from, uh, from Kevin Fiala as he joins and gets used to playing uh, playing with the Kings. Uh, we're going to wrap things up by talking a little bit about something Kevin Fiala adjacent uh, coming up next. But first, want to tell you all about rockauto.com because if you've got a car or a truck or any sort of motor vehicle, chances are you've had to fix something that broke on it. And chances are when you had to fix that thing that broke, you probably went to a dealership or you went to a, a mechanic and you were just really frustrated because you were like, well, could have done this myself, could have saved some money. Well, if that is you, if you would like to save some money, if you'd like to go and save yourself some time by getting your auto parts online, you can go to rockauto.com where prices are always reliably low for every customer, whether you're a professional, a do-it-yourselfer, or just like wildly overconfident like I am. Uh, why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts that you would be getting at a chain store or a dealership when you can go online and get them all from the comfort of your own, own home? Uh, the site is super easy to use and navigate. All you do is plug in the make, the model, the year of your car, and it gives you the list of all the different parts that they have available. So it's a, it's a nice, quick way to get all the parts you need for your car. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com so talking about kevin fiala uh whenever that trade was announced king's fans were generally pretty excited about it wild fans were generally pretty bummed because they were like wait is that all we got uh and for a while that was sort of the talk of the uh the hockey town but uh, today, earlier today before we recorded, uh, Chicago and Ottawa did a thing that has kind of raised some questions. So Chicago, in the midst of their own like rebuild where I don't know that they know what direction they're going in other than just bad, uh, Chicago traded Alex Dabrinkit uh, to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for what some people on Twitter have called magic beans because all they've gotten is draft picks. They got a first round pick in this year's draft, a second round pick in this year's draft, and a third round pick in next year's draft. That is all it took to get Alex Dabrinkit from Chicago. So everyone's excited about Kevin Fiala. Like I'm excited about Kevin Fiala. I'm not saying the Kings shouldn't have done that, but knowing that is all it took to get a 40 goal scorer uh, from Chicago do you think that do you think that the Kings should have worked that one a little bit? Well, I, I think we have to keep in mind that there is a timing issue in all of this. Um, I, we don't know what the conversations were, but my theory is that Rob Blake and the Kings wanted to get this need filled as soon as possible and then focus on the rest of the business at hand mm -hmm. with the draft coming up and with in particular resigning uh, their restricted free agents like Adrian Kempe, uh, like Sean Dursey, uh, like Carl Grundstrom. I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, and I think Chicago wanted to play this out until the last moment. 
and see if they could get teams to bid against each other uh, and get obviously the most return that they felt that they could get. Um, so I think that the Kings and the Wild and had had a deal ready to go. Uh, Rob Blake probably went to Chicago and said, you know, we've got a deal ready to go that we're happy with. Are you willing to do business with us now? And Chicago was like, we're not. We're not ready to do this now. We're mm-hmm. going to play this out. We're going to talk to more teams and we're going to see if we can't get more. So that's my theory on why the Kings decided to go with Kevin Fiala when they did, which was well ahead of, of uh, any of the other major signings or trades. Um, so that's, that's in keep in mind that that's how that works. Right. I think the Kings wanted to get this out of the way. They felt like that Kevin Fiala was a very comparable player to Alex to and they could get the deal done then and there and then move on to the rest of their business. In a perfect world, if you're doing like fantasy hockey, <laughs> would you rather have Alex Dabrinkit or Kevin Fiala straight up across the board? Yeah, I'd rather actually have probably Alex Dabrinkit. I mean, he's a two-time 40-goal scorer. He's a little bit younger than mm-hmm. Kevin Fiala at 24 years old. Um, but I think they're very comparable players. Kevin Fiala had an 80-point season. Alex Dabrinkit mm-hmm. never had an 80-point season. So there, there are you know numbers there that I think are comparable. Do I, would I give the edge just one-on-one? I can pick one of them to Alex to bring it. I would, but it's close. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to already have buyer's remorse on Kevin Fiala. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I really think the Kings felt like we don't want this to drag on and then maybe not get the player, right? Mm-hmm. We already have someone we feel is very capable in filling a hole. We're not going to let it play out and maybe not get any player out of this. So mm-hmm. we've got to fill in place. We feel this is a fair price. Minnesota was ready to do business. Chicago probably wasn't at that time. Mm-hmm. So that's why they made the deal when they made the deal. That's my theory on on why they uh, they got Kevin Fiala over potentially an Alex Dabrinkit. Yeah, and Rob Blake has definitely not shown, like, you know, he, he's not a guy that waits until the last minute to get a deal done. I feel like a lot of the big deals that we've seen him make, um, you know, Tyler Toffoli, Jake Muzzin, you know, sending those guys out, he hasn't waited until trade deadline day. Uh, those are deals that kind of came onto the table way before. And, you know, if it's a good deal, it's a good deal. You make it. Uh, he, he doesn't seem to be particularly interested in, like you said, playing a bunch of teams against each other and then the deals all fall apart and then you have nothing. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that the wild were ready to get this done. The wild basically came out and said, we weren't interested in doing that either of playing teams against each other. We just wanted to find a deal that made sense for us. And this was it. Uh, and I think that a- another thing that, you know, you do have to think about with, you know, if, if you're on the we should have gotten Alex to bring it train is Kevin Fiala is a lot more cost controlled uh, because Alex to bring his next qualifying offer is going to be nine million dollars. Uh, we're not paying Kevin Fiala nine million dollars. Uh, and that's that's just the offer. Uh, he arguably could ne- try to negotiate for more than that. Uh, and so if you want Alex to bring it, you have to be prepared to invest at least $9 million into him. And do you want to do that? The answer is no for a lot of teams just because of the realities of the cap. So even if they'd wanted him, there's a chance that they wouldn't have been able to make that money work. Uh, you know, we, we talked about Philip Forsberg and why a big reason the Kings might not have been in on him in general is because of how much money he's going to command. And do you want to have that much money tied up in uh, in, in players? when you know that you're going to have a lot of your own young homegrown prospects coming up for new deals too, 
Uh, like you said, we still have to get a new deal for Adrian Kempe. Who knows how much that's going to be? Uh, so the math. I, might I forgot. I forgot to mention Mikey Anderson as well. Is obviously oh yeah, gold piece. That's that's another. That's mm -hmm. you know, if Kempe is number one, Mikey Anderson yeah. is number two. So that's that business is still. And, and now the Kings, uh, you know, they know what they're paying Kevin mm -hmm. Fiala, uh, and now we can they can work on you know here's what we have left over. Here are the players mm -hmm. left, and we can get working on that now. Whereas if they waited. You know, yeah. we don't, like I said, we don't know the discussions going on behind the scenes. I'm, I'm assuming they're ongoing as we, mm -hmm. as we speak. Um, and so they've been able to work on that now over the past week or so. Where, whereas if they did that deal today, uh, yeah. then there's time that's lost and, and you never know how that's going to play out. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with the timing of the Kevin Fiala trade and what they got in return and what they gave up, even in the wake of this news of Alex Dabrinkit being traded on. Yeah. And maybe the best news for the Kings about all of this is that Alex Dabrinkit's in the Eastern Conference now. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have to face him. I looked it up. He hasn't done crazy good against the Kings. Uh, three goals, four assists over 11 career games against the Kings, but um, still, don't, still don't want to have to face him that often. He's I'm sure Kings fans are not crying any tears over the Blackhawks uh, looking like their rebuild is going to last quite a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. that I'm sure Blackhawks fans were, were thinking it was going to last. They're, they're in a full rebuild. Yeah. Don't know what's going to happen with Kane and mm -hmm. Taves at this point. They've spent a lot of money on a guy like a Seth Jones. It doesn't seem like he's worked mm -hmm. out. So, yeah, I don't think, like I said, I don't think any Kings fans are going to be crying too many tears over the Blackhawks no. struggling for a while. No, no, it definitely, you know, knowing th these two teams were part of that, you know, 2010, 2015, like 2015 kind of mini dynasty sort of, and seeing the vastly different trajectories both teams have taken. Um, on, on and off the ice. Uh, yes. Organizationally yeah, yeah. Uh, upheaval. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, 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 it makes any time I see people kind of complaining about Rob Blake, it makes me be like, look how things could have gone, though. <laughs> I think we should be very happy. Yeah. Uh, there's always another side of the coin that, yeah. that most fans don't really think about too much. Yeah. Because they always feel like it could be better. But that's part of being a fan. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you, every year, you know, there, there's a uh, the coach I cover in the AHL. Every year before the season starts, he's like, "My goal is to go 82 and 0, or however many games they play." Uh, you know, that's not possible. But you, you, every 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 year, you want to think we're going to win every single game. We're going to be perfect. Everything's great. Um, but you know, that's not how it really ends up being. But yeah, th things could be very different for the Kings, and I think that it's it's a moment of kind of looking at where this team is and being, you know, very thankful that the leadership is steering the team in the right direction. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like I said, it's, it's easy to look back and uh, second guess, but I think, like I said, uh, Kevin Fiala was a player that definitely filled a need. It checked a lot of boxes in hindsight. Maybe they could have gotten a, a slightly better player, but like I said, Minnesota is ready to do business. The Kings were ready to get it in place and move on to their next order of business, which is working on, uh, the draft and the restricted free agents. And so no, no buyer's remorse, like I said, on, on this. For me, I'm very satisfied with Kevin Fiala and, uh, and what the Kings were able to do to, to upgrade and now move on to the rest, the next business at hand. Yeah, absolutely no complaints here. Well, that about wraps it up for today. Uh, thank you so much for chatting all about uh, what the Kings did or didn't or shouldn't have done uh, as they uh, get ready to continue gearing up for next season uh tomorrow uh, i'll be back to kind of wrap things up for me 
as I prepare to uh, head off into the uh, the sunset and uh, hand the reins over to Eddie officially. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have the uh, long-awaited, somewhat delayed uh, results of the second annual Lockdown Kings uh, Team Awards poll. Uh, all of the feedback you great listeners out there have given on uh, your favorite moments throughout the season. We're going to close my tenure uh, on Lockdown Kings out with a little bit of celebration of uh, what we went through this past season. So keep your eyes and ears out for that uh, tomorrow. Eddie, in the meantime, uh, one last time from me, uh, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, well, first, let me say thank you for doing such a great job uh, with the podcast. And, and, and I'm very happy and uh, honored to be taking the baton from you and carrying it forward and wish you all the best of luck in, in all your uh, future endeavors. And I'm sure we'll check in with you uh, from time to time and see how things are going. But if anybody wants to uh, follow me on Twitter, I'm at Eddie on Fox. Um, I, I do uh, national radio for the Fox Sports Radio Network locally in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm on AM 570 LA Sports Overnights. Uh, if you're a night owl, if you're someone who uh, maybe you can't sleep at one night and you want to hear some fun sports talk, you can you can tune in there. And really looking forward to the upcoming season, looking forward to taking over the Locked on Kings podcast and um, just excited to interact with all of the fans that you have, have uh, acquired here on the show and, and take it forward, hopefully, to another level. It is a great, fun time to be a Kings fan, and I can't wait to see uh, what comes next. And, uh, yeah, I've always got opinions, so I'm always uh, always it's willing to, to share them uh, with whoever wants to or doesn't want to listen. In the meantime, you can always find me on Twitter at Wright, said Sarah. It's W-R-I-T-E, said Sarah with an H. Locked on Kings is at Locked on LA Kings on Twitter. Uh, for all of your breaking Twitter news coverage of the team. The show is available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube, so make sure you're subscribing, uh, you're getting notifications, you're getting those little annoying pop-up messages on your phone that say, here's a new thing, go listen to it, uh, so you never miss a future episode. And, of course, tell your friends all about it. Uh, tell all your friends all about Eddie as he is uh, getting ready to uh, take over the wheel here on Lockdown Kings, so make sure that uh, you give him a very warm welcome on Monday as he uh, kicks things off for his first show at the helm of Locked on Kings. That is it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked on Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.